Welcome to the discussion, Leveraging Technology to Create a Proactive Recruitment Program, sponsored by Yellow. Here's today's moderator, Drew Friedman. Welcome and thank you for joining us. My guest today is John Newman, Director of Federal Programs at Yellow. John, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. So I want to start with early career recruitment. We know that a lot of people work for the government because there's a lot of opportunities to deliver on mission, to make a positive impact. And of course, a lot of that does start with early career talent, uh, internships, other programs for students and young individuals in the country. But we've seen, you know, more recently with the federal internship program, at least in the past 10 years, there's been a significant decrease in the number of interns who work for the government. There have been some efforts more recently. You know, we saw that the government is trying to hire 35,000 interns for 2023. And there's been a lot of efforts to try to rebuild that early career talent pipeline. So from your view, what can what actions can agencies take to further strengthen uh, long-term workforce planning efforts and trying to keep those interns in public service after they come in the door? And also, how can agencies use technology to incorporate internships, fellowships, apprenticeships, that sort of thing, as part of that long-term succession planning? Yeah, I think it's, it's a really good question. Um, there's a lot to sort of dissect here. And I think one common theme that you'll hear and we tend to see over and over is that uh, organizations must be proactive in their pr- approach to recruiting and hiring. Uh, and that can mean a lot of different things, right? You have to um, focus on getting your name out there. You have to set yourself up as an employer of choice when you're engaging with candidates. And regardless of whether it's to hire interns or hire people with you know, executives and senior roles, um, you have to continue to set yourself up in that way. Um, and I think one of the uh, one of the best ways in order for, or the easiest ways, I should say, uh, for agencies to do that is to leverage technology, right? The technology's there. We're not reinventing, or you're, you're, not, you're, not, you're not starting something from scratch here. This has been done in the private sector for, for many, many years, and um, leveraging a technology like a yellow and or plenty of other technologies out there, um, in order to be proactive, you have to think about um, you know, building out that talent pipeline for the future, and not the end result of filling the roles necessarily, um, but how do you build the pipeline to ultimately fill the roles? And how do you engage with that pipeline to convert that pipeline into applicants who are ultimately hired? Um, there's a strategy that goes into it, but it ultimately comes back to being as proactive as you possibly can. Right. Yeah, no, I think that, that word proactive is really important there. Can you give some examples of maybe the type of technology that can really help agencies be proactive in that space? Yeah, so I think it depends, right? It goes back to the strategy and what are you doing? Do you have the resources in place? If you do, what are you doing? And start at the top of the funnel, if you call it, right? Like, if you're going to fill X amount of roles, um, you should have a pipeline of eight to 10 times the amount of candidates in that pipeline in order to fill those roles. Otherwise, you're just taking what's there and filling and putting butts in seats because you have a number to fill. Um, But the more proactive you are and the more you can go out and source and find talent, um, pipeline that talent, engage with that talent, right? The more effective that entire pipeline and funnel becomes. Um, and I think a couple of methods. One, when we're talking about early career and entry level, right? Obviously, there's a path to partnering with schools and universities, right? Um, it, it's paramount. Uh, that, that's, where, that's where the talent is, right? So you have to figure out a way and a strategy to partner with those schools. That doesn't mean spending an enormous budget. That doesn't mean 
um, you know, participating in every single event that that school has to offer, but there has to be a strategy in place in order to effectively get access to those candidates. Um, one of the challenges with partnering schools is there are so many schools. There are tens of thousands of schools. How do you determine which schools are the best fit for your organizations? And you can put together a strategy and approach there, but um, think about sourcing in a different manner from an, a school agnostic approach, right? Um, and one of the technologies that Yellow has to offer is a sourcing database that you can license access to to get access to more than seven and a half million candidates from that represent more than seven thousand schools. So it's kind of it's doing more with less and getting access to the same candidates that you would, but again, leveraging technology to ultimately get to the end result of, of where you need to be. So if you can effectively source and find this talent, get them into a pipeline, drive more engagement to position yourself as an employer of choice, that's ultimately gonna help fill those end numbers that you need to be at. And is that those recruitment events, that type of you know reach out that you get, have to do for a lot of this early career talent and those you know maybe who are still in college, does that apply to both in-person and virtual events, or how do you kind of manage, uh, you know, handling that or thinking about that when you know both of those options exist? Yeah, I think um, it always really depends in some cases on on the climate and what, what's happening, right? If you think about before the pandemic, um, in-person events were what everyone did, and that's that's really Yellow's cornerstone. That's what we've always done for 15 years. Uh, we've helped more than 30% of Fortune 500 organizations really streamline and create a proactive process as it comes to, as, as it refers to um, in-person recruitment events, right? Um, and then, you know, the pandemic hits and all of a sudden you, you're sort of forced into switching into this virtual environment. I think and what we see and what we hear from a lot of our customers, even in private sector and public sector, is there will always be sort of uh, a mix between in-person and virtual events. And I think it's, it's important to have that as part of your strategy um, because it's not inexpensive uh, and it's very resource intensive to go out to all these different schools. I mean, you have some larger federal organizations um, you know, who, who participate in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of recruitment events per year. Um, and they have large teams to do that and they have the bandwidth to do that. But what about the average federal agency who maybe participates in 10, 15, 20 recruitment events a year? Um, and you don't have the resources and the people to go out everywhere. So you have to think about how, how can, again, can you leverage technology to be proactive, to do more with less, uh, and maybe in, including a virtual strategy is, is a part of that, right? So you can combine a little bit of both by having virtual info sessions to get your name out there. Again, position yourself as an employer of choice while also still leveraging in that traditional piece. One thing that I think is really important to note is in-person events aren't going away. There was a time a few years ago when people thought, oh, virtual is going to be the future. If you ask candidates, and we see results when, we, when, when you're surveying candidates, um, they expect employers to come onto their campus or expect them to be there physically at an event. Um, and they prefer that. And they engage better with the brand in that, in that case anyway. So um, I think it's important to stay flexible but have a strategy. And it all goes back. Events is still part of sourcing, right? It's all part of getting out there, getting your name out there, and engaging with and building that top of the funnel pipeline as best you possibly can. Right. No, I think that is really interesting as well because you know you hear so often that college students, those really early in their career, focus so much on uh, virtual events or virtual jobs, remote jobs. So I think it, it's interesting to hear that it's not necessarily the case, or maybe there is some flexibility there. And that in-person aspect is still important for a lot of early career talent as well. Mm -hmm. um, so something else I, I kind of wanted to, to get to here, we talked a little bit about 
you know, um, outreach and recruitment in that end of the hiring process. But we know that, you know, once you kind of get into the hiring process itself, beyond just getting those um, students engaged maybe in or interested in the roles, there's also, you know, the hiring process itself can be quite cumbersome, can be quite lengthy, and it's, you know, becoming more difficult over time. You have agencies use a lot of different hiring authorities. There have been some efforts to streamline the hiring process, but it's certainly not the end of the road here. So, you know, from your perspective, what steps can agencies take to reduce time to hire and maybe, you know, have a better chance of bringing those candidates in the door? It's a good question. Um, and I think there are a lot of ways to answer this. But again, if you look at the entire strategy around recruiting and hiring, uh, we've talked a lot about more that top of the funnel thus far. And now we're talking about the end results of actually like getting the numbers and filling seats. Um, again, I think one reason why Yellow is very successful and helping more than 50 federal agencies now create that proactive strategy and leverage technology to do, you know, to, to succeed in the recruiting and hiring realm is you have all kinds of different methods. You have a sourcing database you can license access to. You, we talked about events. You can manage all of your recruitment events and digitize everything there. You build your pipelines from there. You automate all of your engagement and candidate follow-ups to candidates, again, to position yourself as an employer of choice. And ultimately what you're doing is you're, you're converting not only a higher quantity of, of talent, um, but the quality is much better. Because if you have two seats to fill or two roles to fill, um, rather than just taking the two people that have applied, because you've set yourself up for success and because you've become more proactive in that approach, you're now choosing from 10 or 15 or 20 applicants to fill that role rather than just the two that were there before. Um, and that's what organizations really need to get away from is regardless of direct hire authority or not, um, you have to sometimes slow down before you speed up. And if you can position yourself and get your name out there and get the jobs and the openings out there um, and drive more engagement with candidates, that's ultimately what's going to convert the, the, you know, the higher quality of, of candidate um, and ultimately prove for success. Yeah, so it sounds like what you're saying is whether it's at the outreach end of things, at the time to hire, or you know, the end result of things, it's all about being proactive, right? And getting, you know, getting your foot in the door, I guess, earlier rather than later, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's important to get in the, your foot in the door early, but it's, it's also really critical to think about, think about the candidate experience and think about, you know, the federal, uh, federal employers are already backed against the wall in a sense that it takes, you know, on average, you know, 100 plus days to hire someone in the federal um, workforce. And some of that's in your control, some of that's out of your control. Uh, in the private sector, you're looking at half of that amount. So you're already, and you, and you can't really necessarily compete on salary as much. Uh, there are certain perks that you can't, you're just kind of back into a corner, right? But what can you control in that process? And if you think about the candidate experience, you can create more automated touch points in the process. Rather than a candidate applying and not hearing from an employer for weeks on weeks on end, create by way of a workflow. Again, um, part of our technology is like, you create these steps in the process that create more of an automated touch point process so that candidates are more engaged with your brand. And that's the actual application process, but even beyond that, or be before the application process, again, our data tells us that it takes on average seven to 10 touch points from an employer to a candidate before they actually consider you as an employer of choice and actually maybe convert to an application. So. If you think about that and you think about building out these pipelines, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of people, no one has the bandwidth to reach out to tens of thousands of candidates seven to ten times before they actually apply. 
That's where the technology comes into play. You have to build out content. Think about yourself as, as a brand and what are your values, your mission, right? And you have to continue to create the strategy and outreach to engage with the candidates to ultimately convert not just the number, but the quality of candidates uh, to ultimately get there. Yeah, and then at the end of the day, you know, it's the technology that makes the process a lot easier on the candidates or can help them bring them in the door right at the end of the day. So, you know, it's the technology is kind of a conduit to something that's that's broader that's going to help the federal workforce more generally. Is that is that something that Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, there's an example um a large national diversity event called BEA, Black Engineer of the Year Awards, is held in D.C. every year, and there are hundreds of employers there, um, usually 15,000 or so candidates roaming the floor talking to all these employers. And one of our um, Army civilian customers uh, did a tremendous job in leveraging technology to set themselves up for success, but when you're at a recruitment event, just for example, there should never be a time where you're exchanging paper resumes and maybe you're just you're looking at a candidate's resume and you're saying, oh, hey, go apply, go find our jobs in USA Jobs and go apply. Like that's the worst thing you could possibly do. And this particular Army civilian employer in engaging with, you know, with 15,000 candidates at an event, they captured more than 3,000 resumes, all digitally captured through a QR code. We're able to quickly evaluate a candidate based on minimum criteria, move them to the process. They, you know, extended 150 plus tentative job offers and ultimately hired more than 25 candidates just from that event alone. So like the numbers are there, you can do all these things, but imagine if you didn't have technology and you were doing that uh, and you're funneling, you know, and, and thumbing through three, 300 or 3000 resumes from candidates, it's next to impossible to do that. You, you don't have the efficiency and the means to actually effectively uh, managing that process. So again, it starts at the top, but they have to enter into the pipeline. You have to get them through. There, there's a workflow that automates the entire process. And ultimately, that also goes back to the point of um, the candidate experience as well. And you know, they're thinking about it from their perspective as their first touch and engagement with you as well. Right. Now, John, great conversation. We're going to take a quick pause and, and we'll come back. So my guest today is John Newman, Director of Federal Programs at Yellow. I'm your moderator, Drew Friedman. And we're discussing how to leverage technology to create a proactive recruitment program sponsored by Yellow on Federal News Network. In the modern job market, simply posting a job and hoping the right candidate applies is not enough to source top talent. You need a smarter solution to attract the right candidates and move them through your hiring process quickly and securely. Yellow is here to help. From hello to hire, Yellow is the end-to-end early career recruiting solution that's FedRAMP authorized and trusted by more than 50 federal agencies. Modernize your recruiting capabilities and hire faster with an easy-to-use secure solution. Learn more at yellow.co. That's Y-E-L-L-O C-O. Welcome back to the discussion, Leveraging Technology to Create a Proactive Recruitment Program, sponsored by Yellow on Federal News Network. My guest today is John Newman, Director of Federal Programs at Yellow, and I'm your moderator, Drew Friedman. And John, before the break, we were talking a lot about, you know, this this part of early re- career recruitment. We were talking about different, uh, whether it's, you know, events to kind of bring people in the door or recruitment strategies, things like that. But I want to pivot a bit now to talk about the role of data in recruitment for federal agencies as well here. Earlier this year, we saw that OPM released a data strategy for the next couple of years, 2023 through 2026. But from your perspective, how can agencies partner with industry to make improvements to uh, data assets, tools, modernizations as they've kind of laid out in this in this data strategy that they have? 
Yeah, I think, um, again, by organizations being proactive and leveraging technology, it's giving them an opportunity to look at data in a different way that maybe they hadn't before. So again, if you bring that back to recruiting and hiring process, even more specifically looking at a recruitment event. You go out to a recruitment event and you meet hundreds if not thousands of candidates. If you're doing all of that manually by collecting paper resumes, just from a data standpoint alone, it's really hard to go back and debrief your, your superiors and tell them how that event went. How do you understand the return on the investment from that event? How do you understand of those candidates that you met, how many ultimately applied for a position? How many converted into a hire and they were onboarded? Um, and again, that's where if you're leveraging, if you're digitizing your process by leveraging technology, um, that's where you can make more data-driven decisions. And it's not inexpensive to go out and partner with schools and to to participate in you know dozens of recruitment events per year, if not hundreds of recruitment events per year. But the data has to tell the story and allow you to make those decisions to understand: is this worth the investment? Is it not worth the investment? Um, and then. Data on the back end from a hiring standpoint, right? You should be tracking how long it takes to hire someone, how from a, you know entering into the pipeline to apply to hire. Um, and again, if you're just doing everything manually and, and managing things in spreadsheets on your own, um, you really don't have a way to tell that story and understand the data, um, which then leads to difficult decision making and less efficiency in the overall process. And does that also have an impact, not just maybe on recruitment and hiring, but long-term workforce strategy or workforce planning, maybe for retention, things like that. Is that is that something that comes into play as well? Yeah, ab- absolutely. I think, you know, um, the technology exists and we talk about, you know, modernizing the federal workforce. And um, again, whether that's leveraging a technology like Yellow or other technology out there, when you're doing things from the Stone Ages or, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, and you haven't thought through how to be more proactive and how to position yourself as uh, an employer of choice, whether that's in the recruiting process, the hiring process, or even the retention process, right? Um, You're not taking advantage of the tools that are at your fingertips in order to be successful. Um, So it does impact, ultimately, the entire realm of, of, of the process. No, I think that's that's very telling there. And, you know, I th- that's kind of where I want to touch next here is we've talked a lot about the early side of recruitment, but we know at the same time that there are a lot of older people in the federal government and a significant percentage of the federal workforce currently is eligible to retire, about 15%. That number in the next five years is going to double. So 30% of the federal workforce is going to be eligible for retirement Uh, in the next five years. That's a huge percentage. And of course, that's going to be a challenge to replace not only the employees, but the skill sets that they bring and that kind of longevity that they had with working for the federal government, especially among competition with, you know, the private sector and the the broader landscape of hiring in the country. So from your perspective, what what actions can agencies start taking right now? If this is something that's going to happen, you know, in in the next couple of years, what actions can agencies take to kind of try to consider filling those some of those gaps. One thing I think that private sector has done really well over the year is create this model of hiring from within, right? And that starts at the top again. You have to have the, the entry level positions there in order for them to succeed. And uh, whether these these entry level candidates and, and folks who've been onboarded are you know hiring you know are sorry uh, progressing up the ladder to executive roles down the road, um, or you know you're considering looking at just replacing someone in a senior position with another senior person from outside the organization, 
Like think about your your cost benefit and the efficiency and, and the process in which it takes to replace that individual who's leaving the organization. It's so much easier to hire from within. But that goes back to again having a, the foundation in place and the framework in place to effectively source and find candidates at an early level, internships, fellowships, etc., um, so that you can set up yourself up for the for success um, in the future. I think another important thing to note here is, um, you know. While we're seeing huge hiring surges across the federal government, um, private sector slowed down a lot of its hiring. So now is a really, really critical time for the federal government to take advantage of the tech talent or you know the cyber talent um, that would have maybe been applying for positions in the private sector and take advantage of that. But again, it goes back. To, you don't just post your jobs and hope someone applies. You have to create a strategy and a process and leverage technology to get your jobs out there. Um, there's nothing wrong with posting your jobs in USA Jobs. Like that has to happen, right? But there's so much more you can do as an organization. And if all you're doing is posting your jobs to one place, you're getting the same sets of eyes of candidates who probably already work in the federal workforce on those jobs over and over again. And if you're not leveraging social media, getting your name out there, partnering with schools, Leveraging, you know, different types of systems to to source and find that talent proactively, um, you're never ultimately going to get there to help that larger problem of you know eligible to retire workforce. Right. No, I think that's that's so that rings so true. This idea of you know you have to be really strategic about the way that you are hiring. That's something I hear a lot from human capital leaders and HR managers and government is this you know this idea that they're either trying to get away from or starting to get away from of post and pray, right? Where you just post something, hope the right candidate shows up, but obviously, you know, agencies are looking to move away from that. So do you see, you know, maybe um, technology and, and data as things that can help, you know, turn that around, I guess? Absolutely. I think I, I use the term post and pray on almost every single conversation that I have with uh, employers. And it, it's, it's mind-blowing at how many organizations are still uh, very much using that, right? They don't have the resources, the bandwidth, but they're just posting jobs because that's what you've always done. Um, and again, I think leveraging technology and not, not even so much the data point, right? The data it tells the story that you, you must be more proactive and you must go out and find these candidates. And you get into a whole new process of finding passive talent and people who aren't even looking for a job necessarily. You have to put together the people the bandwidth, or sorry, you have to put together the the process and the strategy in order to go out and find that talent. And it's there's an old school like you have to. It's like you're knocking on doors, right? You're you're but you're positioning yourself as an employer of choice by doing that. And again, all that comes back to leveraging the technology um, to effectively create that entire new process and strategy. No, absolutely. And you know, another part of this conversation here that we really haven't touched on yet is the idea of diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility, or DEIA, in the federal workforce. Of course, there was the 2021 executive order from President Biden that is really focusing on how to improve DEIA across government. And a big part of that is, is dealing with the federal workforce itself. And you know how do you include DEIA or incorporate DEIA into hiring as well? So from your perspective and from what you've you know, seen as you, as you work in these kind of areas, what steps can agencies take to you know, further advance DEIA initiatives in the recruitment space? Yeah, I think, again, it's, it's about accessibility and getting access to underrepresented groups, right, to ultimately fill um, those roles 
from a DEIA perspective, right? And of course, agencies and even you know public sector, private sector, you, you have numbers, you have goals to, to meet. Um, but again, how are you how are you getting access to the individuals that meet that criteria? Um, you have you know eight, more than 100 HBCUs across the country. You have dozens of large national diversity events. I, I mentioned the Bayo one before, but usually when we go to those large national events at, as yellow to help our customers who are recruiting at those events, you usually see, I'd say less than five or 10% of federal employee, employers who are actually there on the show floor recruiting at those events. So then you ask yourself, okay, well, how, why is it all private sector here? Why, why, why are others not at this event? And that's part of the strategy of getting your name out there, you know, putting together the partnerships in place and the strategy, leveraging technology. Um, and it goes back to part of leveraging Yellow to successfully recruit and hire from those events and using an event management platform um, to effectively do that. But then again, even if you don't have the bandwidth of the resources to go out to that actual event or you know, budget is limited, whatever the case may be, right? There are other means to get access to the same data set of individuals, um, the yellow sourcing platform that you can license access to to give you access to more than seven and a half million candidates, more than 70% of that database is considered underrepresented minority. So again, you can do more with less by leveraging technology. And I think that's what really helps to set our organization apart is you don't have to go to one vendor to find this sourcing solution and this other vendor to manage your recruitment events and this other vendor to pipeline and, and automate your engagement and outreach and this other vendor to streamline the hiring process. All of that can sort of be done in one place with Yellow. And I think that's particularly what federal employers, most importantly, um, where they see the most value. And that, that's why we've grown. You know, In 2017, we had one or two federal customers leveraging our, t- our technology. And today we have more than 50. And we're projected to double that over the next co- uh, couple of years. So um, we're seeing a shift. We're seeing it's not just a conversation around organizations. You know, It's not just a nice to have to leverage technology. There's a need and, and you're seeing more of it. But again, now's the time to take advantage of it, especially when private sector is slowing down a lot of their hiring. Right. No, I think that is really important in this idea of just, again, being strategic, being proactive in the way that you are recruiting. If you do have uh, limited resources, limited budget, limited staff, all of those things can be really helpful. Technology can be really helpful to you know, be able to, to accomplish that. And uh, John, just you know, I, wrapping up with the time that we have left here, if there's one thing you would want agencies to kind of take away from our conversation today, what would that be? You must be proactive in everything that you're doing. In order to be proactive and be efficient with that, technology is an absolute must. Um, and you can be successful with having limited resources still. Uh, you don't have to have dozens and dozens of people on a recruitment or talent acquisition team like you see in the private sector. You can do it with one or two people. We've seen it ourselves, right? Most of our customers have a, a team from a recruitment and outreach perspective of one, two, maybe three, four, five people, um, but they're leveraging technology to position themselves as an employer of choice, and they're out outdoing their federal counterparts from a hiring standpoint, but they're also now competing very much with that private sector and they're doing it efficiently and thinking about the candidate experience first to ultimately drive more efficient in the entire process from sourcing, recruiting, pipelining, engaging ultimately into hiring. John Newman, Director of Federal Programs at Yellow, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me. 
I'm your moderator, Drew Friedman, and you're listening to Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search yellow. Thank you for listening to the discussion, Leveraging Technology to Create a Proactive Recruitment Program, sponsored by Yellow on Federal News Network.